you name a symptom uh, as obscure, as rare, or, or, or you know, as, as you may find in your brain. And I can explain to you how, how it could be caused by uh, like an increased toxic load and the damage that that, that that brings. Any symptom and every symptom is or could be related in some way, directly or indirectly, to toxic load. Welcome to Better with Dr. Stephanie. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This show is for women just like you with a deep desire for learning, self-actualization, and becoming more of who you already are. Every week, we are going to deconstruct how to build better bodies, better minds, better relationships, better sex, and better families. I'll be giving you access to world-class thought leaders to help give you the tools to answer this question. What are the simplest things that you can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and want to share the juiciest questions, topics, and often taboo conversations that I think I've always wanted to be a part of and I wanted to be having. So let's get better together. Hey, hey, Bettys, welcome back to Better with Dr. Stephanie. And this week we are talking with Dr. Alejandro Younger. He is a cardiologist, founder of the Clean Program, and New York Times bestselling author. He is a medical doctor, graduated from his home country of Uruguay, and subsequently after that moved to New York City for his postgraduate training in internal medicine at New York University and a fellowship at Lenox Hill Hospital. And we are talking with Dr. Younger today all about detoxification, (laughs) as you might expect. Now, you may know Dr. Younger's name. He is very famously Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, detox um, doctor and has she has done his clean program, has spoken really highly and widely about it. And in our conversation with Dr. Younger today, of course, we talk about his story, his story from moving from Uruguay to, uh, you know, New York City, very fast paced city, as you might imagine, uh, moved from sort of slow-cooked, home-cooked meals to on-the-go food whenever uh, he was uh, available to do that, and really noticed some very significant and rapid changes in his health. So he details his journey from that experience of being depressed and giving all, being given all of these prescriptions And then his subsequent learning about Eastern methods or what might be referred to today as alternative uh, methods and his combination of Western science and understanding with Eastern science and understanding. We get into discussing what some of the common signs that someone is not detoxifying properly are. Um, We go through what he calls his clean audit. So uh, there's a list of questions in his current book, um, some of which include, you know, do you have headaches more than occasionally? Do you tend to get colds and viruses every single year? Your bowel movements, questions about getting bloated after eating, extra pounds that won't come off with diet and exercise, et cetera. And we talk about this evolutionary Uh, paradox that our genes and our cells require and expect a certain lifestyle and a certain premise, a certain way of living, a certain, you know, uh, mode de vie, if you might, uh, if you're French. And we talk about how that contrasts and clashes with modern life. And we talk about just some clinical things you might look for. One of the things that we've all, I've always been taught is to look for the face, look at the face. Uh, you know, if you look at, um, particularly for insulin resistance, for example, dark circles under the eyes, or even just the state of the skin. Is it puffy? Is the skin taut? Does it pop back into place immediately when you pull it? Um, you know, pimples and dark circles are also, as I mentioned, a clue to toxic buildup and or insulin resistance. Um, do you see pores all over your face in a magnifying glass? little depressions in the surface, et cetera, et cetera. So we talk about that. We talk about the different phases of detoxification and uh, we get into uh, quantum toxins, where the toxins are located. We talk about his model that he calls the four skins. 
and we talk about fasting and what are some ways that we can detox. And I think that this is, we were originally going to release this at the beginning of the year because this is typically JP or GP rather when Gwyneth likes to uh, do her detox. But I thought that this was important for us to release it at this time of the year, just ahead of the new year. And potentially, you know, maybe there's been some indulgences, which are all good and fine. You know, I've talked about enjoying your food, enjoying your time with your family, but just getting right back at it. And this is going to be a great conversation for you to start thinking about how you might begin to open up those pathways of detoxification and how you might potentially, after you have done a a phase of detoxification, how you might move into something like the Estima diet, where you're achieving that metabolic flexibility, you're working on fat loss and uh, overall better body composition ahead of the new year. So without further delay, please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Alejandro Younger. I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms. And here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause and mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, you might think about giving Beam Minerals a try. Their full-spectrum mineral supplement contains every single mineral that you lose during perimenopause and menopause, and there is a meaningful dose here with close to 100% bioavailability. All you have to do is take a shot of liquid every morning to replenish your mineral stores and ease the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Beam minerals just taste like water and you'll feel the difference within a few days. Head over to beamminerals.com and use the code BETTER for 20% off. Dr. Alejandro Younger, welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to welcome you. Thank you for having me. Yes. And I am, I'm very excited to have this discussion with you. I was first introduced to you uh, through uh, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, talking a lot about your work and your detoxification and how she's benefited from it. And I know we're going to have a really robust discussion today on detoxification, best practices, fasting, Ayurvedic medicine, um, and sort of the integration of East Eastern medicine and, you know, Eastern philosophy and Western uh, medicine and philosophy. Uh, Before we do, I thought it would be, and I love to really just understand, you know, the human that I'm uh, speaking to and your origin story, because you're, you're, it's very interesting. You're a traditionally trained, you know, allopathically trained cardiologist, um, very well known now as a functional medicine provider with this deep understanding in Ayurveda and detoxification and fasting. So maybe walk, walk me through how, wh- what that path is like. And we've had cardiologists on the, on the pod before, and it's, it's just so intriguing to me, this sort of wake up that, that seems to happen uh, for, for those who are willing to, to, to awaken. So talk to me a little bit about your, about your journey and your path. Yeah, I, I, I grew up in, uh, in Uruguay where I went to medical school and life in Uruguay was very healthy by default. There were no, there were no uh, supermarkets, you know, like in the United States with tons of products and, and stuff. My mom used to prepare all our meals from scratch. We used to buy the food in the farmer's markets. That's just because there was no other option. And, and so life was very healthy by default that we lived uh, together as a family. We had our meals together. You know, it was very old school and, and simple life. And we were all very healthy. And then I graduated from medical school and I moved to New York. And then life changed drastically. My, my schedule was crazy. My family was not around. I barely knew anybody was running around like a chicken with no head, 24-7, you know, um, 365. I was on call three days in a row in the old times. Now now there's laws that don't allow that. But when I was training, we were, we were on call for three days in a row. The sacrificial lamb, <laughs> the resident, yeah. 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 So, so that started getting me sick. And, you know, by the end of my training, I found myself really sick with, depression, severe allergies, irritable bowel syndrome, to the point that I couldn't function anymore. So I, I went to 
my colleagues, gastroenterologists, the psychiatrists, the allergists, and ended up with seven prescription medications, which I knew were not going to correct the, the dysfunction. They were just going to murder the symptoms. But I also knew that every time you kill a symptom with a pill, there is a chance of other symptoms. You know, we call it side effects or negative effects or secondary effects. You know? So, so knowing that, um, and thinking of me being on seven prescription medications for a long time, just threw me off, uh, off track. And I said, I, I don't want to do this. And I don't want to do this, uh, not only for myself, I don't want to do this for my patients either. So that catapulted me into an intense search of how to deal with my health issues in a way that didn't need seven prescription medications. So, you know, the, the most pressing symptom that I was experiencing at that time was my depression. But how did it look like from my experience? It was basically my mind didn't stop thinking. And I say my mind didn't stop thinking as opposed to I didn't stop thinking because I realized that I wasn't really choosing these thoughts. If I had a choice, 99% of the thoughts that were appearing in my mind day in and day out, I would have chosen not to think them because they were, you know, self-deprecating and, and the situation deprecating and doom predicting and you know so so i, I at one point I, I i said oh my god if i am not choosing my thoughts then they're, they're just appearing in my head i'm going crazy i'm 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 going insane you know i used to see crazy people in the subway talking to themselves out loud but the only difference was that i that was happening inside you know I, I, in silence to other people it was happening in my head i was having discussions with other people in my head so that, that was my most pressing um problem at the time and uh, fearing that i was going insane i started really trying to understand what other options i had uh, than than antidepressants which i did take for a little bit but um but i didn't really like and um and so one thing led to another i ended up stumbling upon the concepts of meditation, which at the time was a kind of explained to me through books as the practice that, that allows one to slow and even stop the, the habitual negative repetitive thinking process. And that, that looking for a meditation teacher, I ended up in an ashram in India for a long time where I went to learn how to meditate and calm my mind, but I was exposed there to Ayurvedic medicine and, and other schools of medicine. There were, Chinese, there were Chinese medicine doctors, chiropractors, naturopaths, hands-on healers, Reiki masters, I mean, you name it. And, um, and that really opened my mind. Not only it opened my mind, but it, it allowed me to witness the power of these things and, um, and gave me a lot of respect for them. <clears throat> Being there, eating the vegetarian food of the ashram and following the advice of some of these practitioners that I was working with, I started getting better. But then I moved to back into the States and I moved to the Palm Springs area and I worked in four hospitals and I went back to eating from hospital cafeterias and running around like a chicken with no head. And the stress that, you know, having lives in my hands meant intensive care units and stuff. And I started, you know, getting the symptoms that I, that I got better from, but with a vengeance. At that time, a friend of mine who I had seen 10 days before in his usual state of, of uh, madness and, 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 and stress came to me um, after 10 days of, I, of whatever he did that I didn't know at that time. <clears throat> and I saw the striking change in him. I saw his, he was glowing and he had lost a lot of weight and he felt incredible. And he just, you could just tell that 
this was a different animal that I had seen 10 days before. So I asked him, what did you do? I said, oh, I, I went to a detox center. I said, oh my God, I didn't know that you were into drugs. He said, no, no, they're not that kind of detox. He said, you know what? Let me take you there so that you can talk to, to the people there. So he took me to, to a detox center based on juicing and colonics and supplements. And the owner was from Argentina, a neighboring country from mine. So, you know, kind of clicked. And she started telling me about detoxification. And at the time, it sounded a little hippie-ish to me. It sounded a little bit uh, hokey-pokey. But you couldn't argue with the results that my friend had gotten. And the, all the other guests that I was meeting there, and then I was very curious, so I was asking all kinds of questions. And people were there. And the longer they had been there, the... the, the the shinier their glow was. So, you know, and they were telling me, you know, I, I, I do this every year and I, you know, I used to have autoimmune diseases or cancer or, or depression or, and, and everybody was, was uh, <clears throat> either getting better or completely resolving their problems. So I, I became very curious. And so this, this person said to me, why don't you do the program yourself? And I did. And in 10 days, I resolved all my health issues. All my allergies disappeared. My depression completely gone. I lost weight. I looked and felt 10 years younger. And whenever I was walking around in the hospital, everybody was asking me, what did you do? So I said to myself, whatever is happening here is real. This is something that uh, I, I, you know, I should have learned in medical school. So I really tried to understand. And at the beginning, this lady gave me books that were not written by doctors or scientists. They were, you know, Arise and Shine, these are the kind of titles, right? And, and uh, yeah, they made a lot of sense, but they were not based on science. So, you know, I was a little bit, a, a, I was having a conflict because for me, the most important like thing- where's the PubMed? Where's the literature to back up what yeah, you're yeah. What, yeah. What, is, what is actually happening, right? Mm, right. And it was at that time that somebody referred me to the AFMCP, which is the Applying, Clinic, Applying Functional Medicine and Clinical Practice, a three-day course in which they kind of um, give you an introduction to functional medicine. And I was just blown away. And I really, I, then I understood not only what was going on, but what, 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 um, and how to put everything together, everything that I learned in, in medical school, how to use that knowledge in order to understand what I had witnessed on myself and so many others, right? And that, you know, for example, so that you can understand a little better what I'm talking about. In medical school, I had learned about the kidneys. I had learned about the liver. I had learned about the intestines. I had learned about the skin, but I didn't get a class on how all these organs participate in a system that that is in charge of detoxifying right detoxification was and it still is like kind of like a, this word that people don't think is real you know even even experts from harvard from who, who knows where they said oh that is all quackery the body already knows what to do and it's doing it and, but it's not true because for example the, the liver needs to produce certain enzymes. And, and in order to manufacture these enzymes, it needs the raw materials, which are certain nutrients. If you're not eating them or not absorbing them or something is blocking them, then the enzymes are not going to be produced and the detoxification of, of that molecule, which the body knows how to do and is trying to do, is not going to happen. So, so when you remove the obstacles and you add whatever is lacking, then things fall into place, right? And this is the main principle of functional medicine that, that really opened my mind and, and allowed me to think in systems, systems thinking. And that made all the difference, not only in my own life, but in my practice with my patients. So detoxification is something real. It's a, it's a biochemical Pro, among other things, biochemical processes that are happening in the body, in the liver, in the kidney, in the intestines. 
and understanding all that and putting it all together and understanding the system really allowed me to implement certain practices and certain recommendations that help people incredibly um, way beyond whatever I learned in medical school and in my years of practicing in the hospital. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. My uh, training is as a chiropractor and I would, I would say that chiropractic, as you were saying, naturopathy, some of these more, what would be considered complementary and alternative uh, disciplines, we are also taught in many ways, like here is the neuroanatomy and then here is the kidney function and here is the liver function. And while I would argue that potentially um, the philosophy around chiropractic, let's say, um, can be more integrative and more systems-based, I think that it's only when the practitioners who are uh, willing to, uh, when they're in practice, uh, to be taught about how, you know, it's not just one little, it's not just the liver that we have to look at. And we don't, it's not just the kidneys. It's not just the, uh, you know, just the skin. And we see this in medicine where there's this fragmented, you know, we see a dermatologist when there's a skin issue and we go to a nephrologist when there's a kidney issue. So there's all of these different fragments that, tend to happen. And my, at least my experience has been that just getting the license to practice it like that piece of paper just is at, it's just the starting, right? You're just at the starting line at that point. And it's only once you've been in practice, you've had the experience with patients where you've, you've follow the tried and true methodology that you've been taught and you don't get the results that you're looking for, that you go looking out potentially outside of your practice or your traditional training for some of those answers, which is sounds like you did when you were going to the ashram and being exposed and especially, to somebody. Especially when you're looking for them for yourself. Correct. Because, because so many doctors, you know, they, they go into practice, they get their, 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 their results or not, but they make, they're make making a salary and they go back home and they forget about what, what they were doing, right? But right. when it's yourself, you don't, you don't go back home and forget what, you, what you're doing. Right, well you're said. Suff you're, you're suffering that, that problem yourself, so you're really desperate to get the results, you know? Yeah. So let's actually talk a little bit about detoxification. You mentioned, uh, I wanted to just double click on it. Cause you said, you know, people say, Oh, detoxification. And it's this like woo woo kind of nebulous term that doesn't really mean anything. So I thought we might maybe go through some of the clinical signs and symptoms that you, if someone, you know, presented to you in your office, well, let, let, let's talk about, let's first talk about what is detoxification. Let's do that. Let's go through the different phases of detoxification. And then we can, we can marry that with some clinical signs. Let's talk about that. Cellular life is an acid, acid toxin forming process. You know, you, you uh, burn uh, glucose in the mitochondria with, you mix it with oxygen, it goes through the Krebs cycle and you create ATP, which is the energy that the cells need in order to function. And then at the end, the waste product of that metabolic process is CO2 and water, right? Where does that CO2 go? It goes into the blood and it's dissolved in the blood as carbonic acid. But the blood needs to get rid of it. The body needs to get rid of it. So how does it get rid of it? When the blood with, CO, with carbonic acid passes through the lungs and then there's a change in the, in the, in the uh, surface tensions and things. And then, then the, the CO2 gasifies again, passes into the alveoli, and it's exhaled, right? So you breathe in air with oxygen, you exhale air with CO2. That's a detoxification process. The body needs to do it because if the CO2 accumulates in your blood, you will die from acidity and, 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 and many other problems, right? Now, when you run, when you walk, when you run, when you use your muscles, the, the muscles burn glucose and they produce what? Lactic acid. Lactic acid is a toxin. It's a waste product of the metabolism of the muscle. And it's a toxin. When you, when you digest and use certain proteins, you, you create other waste products like homocysteine, like ammonia, like a, you know, all kinds of different 
waste products of your metabolism. And I'm talking only about three products, but there's thousands of them. So life to happen is an acid toxic forming process, right? And these toxins have to be gotten rid of. And that is detoxification. Now, the body also has the ability to detoxify molecules that are toxic that comes from the outside. So you have the endotoxins, mostly the waste product of your metabolism. And you have the exotoxins, right? The exogenous toxins or xenobiotics, right? So now more than at any time in human evolution, we are bombarded with exotoxins. We, we, you know, the air we breathe, the water we drink and shower with, the medications we are using so endemically, right? The, the, that are only 10% are the active ingredient. The rest are excipients, coloring agents, smelling agents, texturizing agents, you know, same things that we do with, with food, we do, we do with medication. The cosmetics that we apply on our skin that end up getting absorbed into our circulation. The, the building materials with which we, we build the, 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 you know, the places we live in, right? Um, even, even when you get into a new car, you smell, you smell, you know, that, that smell that new, new car, car smell. That, yeah. That people love you know, And then you put sprays in your hair and then you're breathing in and then you, you know, perfumes. So all these, these chemicals, but mostly the chemicals that we put in our food, because we're not eating food anymore, we, we, we're eating edible products that become completely toxic. These are molecules that, like for example, when you go to the supermarket where most people in the modern world obtain whatever they're eating, right? You see that 90% of what you can buy in a supermarket is in a shelf. And in order to have a shelf life, they have to have certain chemicals. No, you know, which which prevent bacteria from growing and and and, and degradation of the product, and, yeah, and spoiling them, right? Not only those chemicals, but they also have coloring chemicals, smelling chemicals, tasting chemicals, texturizing chemicals. All these chemicals that you're eating are not natural. These are not foods. These are edible products. This is edible stuff, and it's only edible because the FDA and, and you know the Ministry of Health or, or uh, approves it, right? But um, but uh, it may not kill you right away. But just think of the preservatives, you know, the, the the things that that make the shelf life longer, which are basically antibiotics because they prevent life from growing on them. Now, when you eat them, they don't disappear from the product; they start killing and altering your intestinal flora. Nowadays, we started understanding how important the intestinal flora is for so many things, right? So if you're killing the intestinal flora with this edible products that you're eating, you are destroying basically an organ in your body that now we know is related to every other organ in the body, right? Like, for example, 40% of the toxins that you are exposed to through the food and the water, they are detoxified in the intestine by the intestinal flora. So if the intestinal flora is altered, not only it will not detoxify those 40% of toxins that you're exposed to, but it also create other toxins because you know the defecation of certain bacteria is food for us, but the defecation of other bacteria is toxins for us. Now this is not this is not a a, a, a theoretic poetic thing, oh toxin, you know, you talk about toxic relationships, you talk about toxins. No, these are molecules. These are, I mean, I, you have the name, the coloring agents, the text, the, the preservatives. These are molecules that will cause certain damage, oxidative damage. They would block hormones. They will excite other, other receptors. They, they are, they, they will damage your intestinal wall. These are molecules that once in your circulation, the, 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 the miraculous thing about life, about biology, about nature, is that we are equipped to deal with, I would say, 95 or more percent of the toxins that even that were invented last week, even though our bodies have been evolving for thousands of years, right? There are some molecules that we cannot uh, deal with, 
Those are the POPs or persistent organic pollutants. But most of them we can. Now, how do we do it? 40% of them are dealt with by the, the intestinal flora and the rest are dealt with by the liver and other tissues, right? How? By producing enzymes that will cause a cleavage in the molecular composition and would change the molecular composition. And then how does it change? How does, it, how does the liver do this? It takes out some atoms from certain molecules and it, add, it adds other atoms that render these toxic molecules into non-toxic and mostly also changes the composition in a way that they become hydrosoluble. Meaning, 90% of the toxins that we're exposed to from the outside are only lipophilic. They only dissolve in fat. We don't have any elimination system that, you know, you don't pee fat. You don't, you don't defecate fat if you're healthy. You don't sweat fat. You sweat water, you pee water. So the toxins have to be water-soluble in order, in order to be eliminated. So that the liver turns them into non-toxic, into water-soluble, and then you eliminate, right? Now, if the liver is not producing the enzymes that it needs, then it's not going to happen, and these toxins will accumulate. What happens when the toxins accumulate? The body doesn't know how to get sick. The body is incredibly intelligent, and the only thing that we are programmed with by nature is to adapt and survive. So when the body detects a lot of hydro, uh, a lot of lipophilic, a lot of fat-soluble uh, molecules, what does the body do? It generates and retains fat in order to buffer the irritation in the hopes that eventually the nutrients that the liver needs are going to be available. So the liver will be able to produce the enzymes. Yeah? But this is something that with our modern lifestyle, we never get to. Because people you know, eat the same way their whole life and the intestine gets even more damaged and, and the immune system around the intestine starts reacting and, and the inflammation is turned on and the situation just gets worse and worse year after year of life if you don't pay attention to these things. And the reason I was so focused on detoxification is because we are at a moment in evolution when we are exposed to the most toxins than ever and, and this is something that continues to increase. Because we, you know, a lot of people are talking about this, but nobody's doing anything. It's like global warming. Everybody's talking about it. You know, I just saw a video by Greta Thunberg, you know, uh, talking about how- she's 12 how, or 17, I forget how old she is, but she's the redhead. I know, I don't know how old she is. She's 17 or 18 now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and um, you know, and, and the, she was talking about how we know about these things, but we're not, not doing anything. We're getting to the point of no return. And in, the, and in, the, and in, in health-wise, we're also getting to the point of no return. And how do you see that? And how, you know, when I was in medical school, we didn't even know or talk about autoimmune diseases. Today, mm. everybody has them. You know, cancer, I, you know, when I was in medical school, there was rare cases of cancer. And now everybody has cancer. So, so this is, we're getting to a point of no return. Why? Because we're exposed to more toxins than ever. But the detoxification system, we are putting to sleep. How? In, in two ma main ways. One of them is we're not supporting it. We, we're killing the good bacteria that do part of the detoxification process. We're not eating the right nutrients so that the liver can have the substrates to create the, the enzymes needed. We are, we are, um, we are in, in not eating them or not absorbing them or using those nutrients for inflammation. Because that, you know, all processes have to happen at the same time, right. but, the, but there's, there's limited resources, not only of nutrients, but also of energy. So when inflammation is happening, it consumes nutrients and energy that are not, are not available for other functions. And that's why we don't think as well, we're not focused as well, we don't have energy to move as well, we don't have energy to detoxify as well. And one of the things that we're doing that steals energy from all other systems is, as human beings, as a species, we are doing something that is different from all other species in the planet, which is we are digesting all day long. Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes, and your blood pressure. 
Start your morning right with a refreshing salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. Element T also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase. You grab on the streets, 10 people at random, and all of them, I assure you, in, 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 a, you know, in a modern city, are in some stage of digestion. And before digestion finishes, they dump another, another load to be digested, right? Because, because we're eating two, three, three times a day at minimum, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which in my opinion is killing humanity. No other animal in the planet eats breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In, the, in nature, yeah, maybe maybe dogs and cats, you know, that are getting as sick as us, as we are getting. So those are the two major problems: uh, uh, an increasing, ever ever worsening level of toxicity that we're exposed to, with a decreasing level of strength of detoxification, because the detoxification systems in the body are suffering, are suffering energetically, and are suffering in terms of resources, and that is. I think one of the most important problems for humanity these days. Now, from there, it can manifest in many, many ways. You know, the, the, the toxic load that we're suffering from is not the same for everybody, you know, but, but um, it, it expresses itself in many, it manifests itself in many different ways. Some people are just having lack of energy, some people are having depression, some people are having autoimmune diseases, some people are having cancers, you know. But they all stem from two main problems, increase of the toxic load and rupture of the intestinal uh, integrity, right? The intestinal flora, the intestinal wall, uh, activation and, and, uh, and irritation of the nervous system around the intestines, which is bigger than the one in your brain, and, and also hyperactivity of the immune system, of the enteroimmune system, enteric immune system, right? 80% of your immune system is in your gut. Listen, I'm, I'm holding, as I speak to you, a model of, 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 of the gut, right? And here you see part of, this is, this here is part of the immune system in the gut. This is a, the yellow ones are the nerves in the gut, you know, and, and, uh, and, the, and the circulatory system in the gut. So the gut is where a lot of the systems uh, meet. Converge, yeah. Converge, and then from there, you can, you can feel the effects of their dysfunction all over the body. Well, it's interesting when you talk about your own story with depression and with the GI issues that you had and the allergies. Of course, when you think about all of those, we have the gut-brain axis, of course, the immune system, we have a plethora like the GALT. Um, we have, there's, there's a huge uh, amount of uh, our immune system that resides in the, uh, in the uh, enteric microbiome. And you were explaining before uh, very well uh, some of the processes that happen in detoxification, like the hydroxylation and the conjugation, where we take a toxin and we make it water soluble so that it can be excreted via you know, the urine or the sweat. In some cases, and I think it's important um, to just highlight, sometimes the intermediates can be even more toxic than the actual toxicant itself. And if you don't have, you know, these enzymes, as you were mentioning, um, to be able to continue to move things along. So we have like the cytochrome P450 enzymes, and then we don't have the methylation and the, and, and all of the other mechanisms that we have. Sulfation, glucuronidation, methylation. Right. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, there's tons of reactions that, that all need their cofactors and their, you know, like for example, they all need they all need magnesium. They, they, right. Some of them need selenium. Some of some of them need some of them need sulfur. Some of them need, need right. uh, you know methyl groups. So so if you're not getting all these things, then you may end end up with a situation in which phase one detoxification happens, 
the intermediate metabolite, uh, you know, accumulates, which, as you said, may be more toxic than 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 the initial toxin. And uh, but you can't go into phase two detoxification because you're lacking those nutrients, or you're lacking, mm-hmm. you know, there 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 are other problems like like you know there are genetic problems, you know, like like MTHFRs. Uh, uh, which are determined by your your you know, single nucleotide uh, polymorphisms. You can you can find that out with genetic testing and stuff. But but those are the lesser of the number of problems. The main number of problems are that we are exposed to more toxins than ever, and we're just not um, we're just not supporting the detoxification system as much. Right. So what would be so let's. Um when we think about this sort of evolutionary paradox where we've evolved over hundreds of thousands of years to be able to get rid of toxins, you said, you know, even ones that have been, you know, created last week, even though, you know, our genes and our biology necessarily hasn't been exposed to them, we have built in mechanisms for those to be um, excreted. What are some of the clinical signs and symptoms that one might present with? So if I came to your office or someone was like, you know, this, 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 and what might be some yellow flags um, or some, you know, salient clinical signs that you might be looking for? Um, and I know that, you know, you can certainly run detoxification as you were, uh, uh, you can run testing and you can do genetic SNPs and all of that uh, to sort of look at, you know, liver SNPs and things like that. But what would be some clinical evidence that you would be looking for um, that might indicate sluggish detoxification? Um, and I know that that's a lot, that's like, you know, it's like everything, like the answer could be everything. <laughs> the answer, the answer is everything. Yeah. Every symptom, you, you name a symptom uh, as obscure, as rare, or, 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 you know, as, as you may find in your brain. And I can explain to you how, how it could be caused by uh, like an increased toxic load and the damage that, 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 that brings. And also the, 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 the part of the reasons why, this toxin is increased because you know the the nutrients that you need for detoxification are not only needed for detoxification they're needed for many other things so if you're lacking a certain nutrient for detox that certain nutrient may also be part of the you know the the normal function of, of another system right right so so any any symptom and every symptom is or could be related in some way, directly or indirectly, to toxic load. But there are symptoms that are very common. You know, the 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 skin, the 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 not the the. There are two ways in which the body responds to the accumulation of toxins. Two generic ways, non-specific ways. One of them is the retention and generation of fat. And the other one is the retention and, re- and generation of mucus. Mucus is also a way in which the body surrounds these toxic chemicals and buffers their irritation. Right? In Ayurveda, is very is very talked about in 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 in, in the Western world. It's not even not even in functional medicine. This is talked about. But the accumulation of mucus is is um, is one of the reasons why the skin glow disappears on people with excess levels of mucus and toxicity. Why? Because it's just, it's just a matter of, of how light reflects. Mucus absorbs light. So when somebody has a lot of accumulation, interstitial accumulation between cells and within cells of mucus, when the light hits, it's not going to bounce. It's going to be absorbed. And so you're going to look dull in the skin, right? Not only that, the skin is going to look puffy because the mucus also retains water. And so it kind of swells and you look puffy. You know, I, I look puffy right now because I've, I've, uh, I've been eating uh, uh, really badly the past, the past few days because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having workers in my house. I can't really cook for myself. They're painting and they're doing, so I've been ordering food and, you know, so, so I can notice it immediately in my, in my, in, in my face, you know, and uh, it's people that are, that have increased toxicity are puffy and and uh, and and their skin is dull, you know, and and uh, and their and their whites of their eyes are not as white, right? So that that is just like a ID card for increased toxicity. <laughs> I can look at somebody and, and and tell right away if 
if they're supporting the detox systems or not. But but lit, lit, literally anything can be. You know, the hair gets coarse and 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 and, and dry. Your nails uh, feel it immediately. Your skin. Your um, you know th- th- those are the kind of like the general common symptoms. You don't sleep as well. You know, you, you lose your your libido. You lose your your zest. You know, this is. This is all part of the accumulation of mucus and, and fat and toxins. Yeah. In, in practice, I would often, um, it was my fibromyalgic-like patients where just everything hurt. The joints hurt, the muscles hurt. They always had headaches. Um, and I have- all, all, the, all the non-specific stuff, that's right? right. All, it's like all, diffuse all stuff, systemic. All, all the stuff that you say, well, what, well, this could be anything, right? Yeah, and then and then but, but but then it's not anything, and but 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 regular doctors don't think about it, and so they, they give it difficult names, right? Fibromyalgia or whatever. <laughs> right. you know? They give them big names. Yeah, it's true. And yeah. I I've had some uh, not quite as much as you. I've had some TCM training, some traditional Chinese medicine training, and what the, what uh, we were taught was what you just said is, uh, they would talk about their, you know, a person's heart shen or like the, uh, everything would show up in the face. So they would look at the tongue. So we would look, do you have like a white coating on the tongue? What's the shape of the tongue? Is it puffy? And and, and what is the white coating? Mucus, as accumulation of mucus. Right. So I didn't have any training TCM, by the way. So whatever you had, you had more than me. I, I, I dabble in functional, in, uh, in Ayurvedic medicine. Oh, I see. Right? Okay. And I'm no expert. Worthy of the distinction. Yes. Thank I'm you. I'm no expert. I'm not a functional medicine doctor. I mean, not an Ayurvedic doc- medicine doctor, but, but I find it super interesting, super effective. And, uh, you know, I just steal the tools that I can as I go, I go learning and I'm, you know, there's, the, uh, because, I mean, you can understand the whole theory, right. But it all boils down to practical stuff, right. Right. And I love with both TCM and I, these are thousands of years old. And I think that, um, uh, you know, I, um, I, I, my constitution tends to be, I want to hang my hat on science. Like that is my church. I want to read all the literature, but there are things that cannot be explained. You know, I, 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 uh, I, I'm not like you. I don't hang my, 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 my hat on science. I hang my my hat on results, and 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 I love when science allows me to understand, but science is very flawed as well. You know, Agreed. science yes. science is practiced by scientists, and they have lots of different interests. Some of them economic, some of them egotistic, you know, and 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 some of them just even with the best intentions and with the best practices, it depends on who is interpreting them, right? And and we we see it all the time. We see we see all the time that that even things that we've been doing and taking for granted as law by science for for decades. Like for example, aspirin. Aspirin is something that that every cardiologist would put their patients on uh, at the at the at the minimum. Uh, the baby uh, aspirin. Yeah. Yeah, the baby or not baby. The, uh, at the minimum suspicion of of you know the risk of cardiovascular disease or 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 more, more uh, specifically coronary artery disease, right? So to prevent heart attacks, right? Well, now, after decades of that practice, not even being questioned, I just read some studies that say, hey, not so fast, right? But, but you see it all the time. There was a time when, when, you know, they talked about resveratrol and how, you know, and, and then the studies were flawed. And so, so you know, and, and, we, and, and you can see it, in the evolution, I mean, in the time that I've been in the United States, <clears throat> I described the wars in the United States, right? Not only the wars with Afghanistan, Vietnam, and all that. There's wars on <clears throat> on um, on foods. When I arrived in the United States, there was a war on carbohydrates, and then they took carbohydrates out of everything, right? And um, and then you know, they changed the war on carbohydrates to the war on, on fats and they took out fats out of everything, right? 
And now, the, now we are on 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 the other side of the of the pendulum swing. We're in love with fat. You know? Yeah, of course we distinguish between good and bad fat, but everybody's like, oh, you have to eat more fat. And so, so we we create these wars. You know, there's there's one or two studies about something, and oh, that goes in the press, and everybody jumps on the on the on the wagon, and we don't really know what we're doing. You know, so right. I don't ha- I don't hang my science my hat on science. I love it if science can prove things. And, and I love it when it's the other way, that science discovers things and, and that are useful. But I've been, I've been looking at, at, at um, I've been looking at other healing modalities and healing practices that science has no idea. For example, um, lately I've been really interested in, 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 in witnessing and studying this practice called Cambo. Cambo is the application of the poison of a certain Amazonian frog, a tree frog, a green frog. Mm. The poison on the skin is, is scraped out, turned into a paste, but then your skin is burned and the paste is applied on your skin. It goes directly into the lymphatic system, makes you vomit and purge. And, um, and you know, these Cambo peptides that are apparently the active ingredient, nobody really understands how they work, why they work. But I've seen people with Lyme disease completely get rid of it. I've seen people with cancer completely reverse it. I've seen people with depression completely get over it only by the use of Cambo. So, so where is science there? You know? Right. Yeah. Well, let me, let me revise my statement. Uh, you know, I, that's how you, I you grew don't, up. You don't have, you don't have to. No, I, no, I think it's worth, I think it's worthwhile because that's when I didn't understand something, I would always rely on the literature, like explain mechanistically to me what's happening. Cause I don't understand this. And I think over my tenure as a, as a physician, as a, someone who's had, you know, private brick and mortar practice, there are things that I have witnessed and have been part of that cannot be explained by science. And so, so, so I, it's a matter, it's a matter of becoming comfortable with, with not understanding. With, uh, that's correct. That's correct. And you know, we can move into like masculine and, and feminine energy, but that's, and making, that's and it, making, right and making there. sure, and making sure that it's not dangerous. Right. Right. So right. you don't want to, you don't, you don't want you know, first, first law of, 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 you know, medicine is do no harm. Right. right? Right. So making sure that it's not dangerous, but 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 not necessarily having to understand everything in right. order to to reap the benefits of it, you know, yeah. and also knowing that many things that we do understand, we understand incorrectly or incompletely, you know, and um, so so yes, I respect science, I love science, but uh, but um, yeah, I, I there are other know, churches you worship. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, I love that. And I would I would say that there's many areas that we have, like, you know, you mentioned this Cambo. I think psychedelics is another emerging area where we don't know why. We don't know how, what the mechanism of action is, but people have these spiritual, mystical experiences that they're, and it seems to be consistent among, you know, what, irrespective of the intervention, where it's psilocybin or MDMA or, you know, um, uh, ayahuasca or people have these mystical spiritual experiences and we actually have that, that no, completely transform their life and their health. Right. That complete, yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, I think that there's definitely, um, science in many ways I think is, is behind because we always want in science, we always want to isolate down to one variable and manipulate that variable. But that kind of comes back to what we were talking about at the top of this conversation in that we are, that's not looking at the system. It's, it's more of a mechanistic, very isolated approach versus how can this intervention influence the system as a whole? And there are many systems, like there's endless ways that you can categorize someone. You can character, characterize them by gender. You can characterize them by age. You can characterize them by height. You can characterize them by genetics. Like there's ethnicity, like where they live. Like there's endless ways that humans can be um, categorized. And with that, I wanted to, uh, in, in your book, Clean, you talk about these four skins that we have. Um, so I wanted to maybe go through each of those levels because there, it sort of goes from like the cellular level or the skin and sort of moves out into these sort of bigger concentric circles as we, as we go. And I was 
Absolutely. Foreskins is just a way of making people think about 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 where we get the exposure to toxins from, right? Yes. Well, the first thing would be your own skin. Anything that you apply on your own skin that is going to be absorbed into your into your circulation. That's that's one level. That, that that's the first level, the most intimate level, right? And it's not only this skin, but this skin too, which is your intestine, right? Your intestinal wall. Because now people don't think about it, but when you eat something and you see it disappear. Right, you think, oh, it's inside the body, but it's not really inside the body. As long as it's in the inside the digestive tube, it's it's outside the body proper. Now the lumen of the intestine is outside the body, and in order to get to inside the body, it has to try, it, it go through the skin, the intestinal wall. Right, so that's your first skin. The second skin is this one, is the one that you put on top of your first skin, right? Your clothing, your, you know. So, so that's another source of exposure to toxins that, um, that come through the detergents, the materials which, which you build this thing, right? The third skin is your home. And I don't know if you're aware, but 60% of the pollution of the, of the planet comes from architecture and building, right? Mattresses only, and paints and glues and all the Well, things. starting with the cements, then continuing with the, with, the, with the paints and the glues and the, you know, whatever, you know, I see all these videos on Instagram, people are fascinated when, when somebody has a method of doing something. And there's a lot of videos of people installing wood floors, right? And, and hardwood floors, right? And, and, and I look and there's layers of glue, you know, and they put the hardwood, boom, and they, they hammer it and boom, and they boom, you know, and, 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 and they go increasing the surface of, of, of coverage, or, right? Where is all that glue going? And, and what happens is it's there permanently and it off gases slowly through the years, you know? And it's not too much. It's not gonna kill you in one day, but maybe in 10 years, it'll give you some kind of problem. Same thing with the, with the fire retardants in your mattresses and the, right? So, so- um, Which makes it so much harder to pinpoint, right? If you've been exposed to something for 10 years, how are you gonna chronologically say, you know, it's probably the 10 years ago that we redid the kitchen and we did all the glue and we did all the, you know, all the things like, it's really difficult for an individual to actually get back to the root. Like what was the cause when in you have case, such a most, long, yeah. In most cases, impossible. You're absolutely right. And then the fourth skin is the atmosphere, right? Which we know is completely polluted and, you know, we're breathing in cyanide and all kinds of- all, all, Benzene all. and all the good, all the good things. Yeah. All kinds of <laughs> the garbage. PFOAs right? and all those are, those are the four skins, which really only is a, uh, like breaking down for some uh, way of thinking, you know, where you're getting exposure to toxins from. So if someone is listening to this and they're saying, okay, this is me, I, my four skins are polluted, I have, you know, skin issues. Maybe I have FM, maybe I have headaches. My bowel movements aren't what they should be. What is your, what are some best practices that you have? Well, maybe let's, let's start with some of the tools. What are some of the tools that you like to begin to open up some of these detoxification pathways? And then we can talk about frequency and duration and all of that, but what are some of the, you know, I know you talk a lot about fasting uh, and different, different practices. What are some things that you like to employ when you're, when someone is starting a detoxification program with you? Simply the, the, the five R's of functional medicine, right? Remove is the first one. Remove all the exposure to toxins that you can in your laundry room, in your bathroom, in your bedroom, in your kitchen, in your closet, and, and, and in your environment, as much as you can, air filters, water filters, right? Uh, uh, non-toxic detergents to, to wash your clothing and, and you know, non-toxic toothpaste, non-toxic uh, deodorant, and mostly non-toxic food, right? Eat real food and not food-like products, right? you know? Uh, the least uh, packaged food possible, if, if not none, right? So that's, remove is, is that aspect of, of and then there is the other R, which is replace or restore, you know, give to the body what it needs, nutrient-dense foods, real foods, um, right? And then also relaxation, um, re-inoculation, which is building back the intestinal flora, and um, remove, restore, relaxation, re-inoculation, and then repair, right? 
there are certain things that you can do in order to support the repair mechanisms of the body, right? Prime example is when you're trying to repair your gut, your leaky gut, your hyperpermeable intestine. Uh, sometimes you need a L-glutamine, which is one of the limiting nutrient, limiting factors of the regrowth of the cells of the, you know, the, the, the epithelium of your, of your intestinal wall, right? So those are the five steps. I describe them really clearly in my book, Clean, right? With a whole step-by-step, day-by-day program that you, can, that you can do in order to enhance your detoxification system, support your detoxification system, and thus restore your natural ability, your body's natural ability to heal itself. Are there, is there a certain frequency that you like to engage in this, in this program? Do you like to do it once a year, once every six months, once a quarter? I, I think of it like showering, you know, there's times that I shower every day. There's times that I shower twice a day. There's times that I don't shower for a week, you know, like depending on what I'm doing, depending on the situation. Um, and it's the same thing with, with the detoxification. Once you start understanding how it works and what it does to you and, 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 and you start understanding your level of toxicity, then you'll know, I know I need a detox tomorrow. So I'm, you know, it'll be my second one this year, right? There's years that I don't do any. There's years that I do four. And do you have a, do you have a preference for solid foods versus liquid? Do you have, um, when, 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 uh, when you're following a detoxification program, one of the most important aspects is decreasing the workload of your digestive system because you you spend a lot of energy digesting which is what we talked about at the beginning you're going to steal energy from many other systems one of the ones that suffers the most is the detoxification system so in order to decrease the workload of the digestive system i replace solid certain solid meals for liquid meals that just makes digestion easier and allows the body to use the extra energy that you save on the detoxification and repair process. Do you also, I think that, um, you know, I talk a lot about fasting um, in some of the protocols that I use with, with clients and in my memberships. I also, and you know, typically when we talk about fasting, we're talking about, you know, allowing the digestive system to rest, to abstain from food. I think that there's also a place to discuss fasting from other toxic things like social media can be overwhelming and toxic at times. Certain people can be, you know, overwhelming potentially and toxic at times. Do you also, you know, if you're engaging in, you know, this might be what we've been discussing is more of like a biochemical reset, right? Where we're fasting and we're having, uh, you know, certain foods that are going to upregulate detoxification. Is there also a place for you uh, in your programming or in the way that you potentially counsel patients to detoxify from um, some of these, you know, relationships and people and things that also are. There's a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole chapter about it, right. Which, uh, which I called quantum toxicity. Yes. And yeah, it's, it's, it's as important and sometimes even more important than the toxic molecules. Absolutely. Right. And, and And the tools for that are meditation, you know, avoiding certain relationships, I mean, I have so many people that start a detoxification program just just for health issues and, and, and physical molecular stuff, and then they end up separating or breaking up with their cup with their with their you know partner and or or leaving their 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 job and changing yes. their job or, or or even moving countries. Yeah, I would say um, many times I would have chronic pain patients um, in the in the clinic and one of the conversations that would inevitably come up is maybe it's the job, you know, like, or it's like the partner, the toxic relationship, the conversation you're not having with your mother, or it's the job that you're in that is perpetuating this cycle of inflammation where you are stuck in this sympathetic fight or flight response and you're always on edge. Um, so I think that that's wonderful, wonderful advice. Um, All right. So if people want to learn more about you, more about your work, where can, where would you love people to check you out if they have more questions or they want to interact with you? Where, where's the best place? I've written four books, 
clean, clean gut, clean eats, and clean seven. Clean is about detoxification and, and describes a detox program. Clean gut is about gut health, gut damage, gut repair, and also has a 21-day program that supports and promotes the, the repair of the intestinal wall and everything else around the gut. I mean, when I talk about the gut, I talk about four components. I talk about the intestinal flora, the intestinal wall, the, uh, the, the nervous system in the gut, and the immune system in the gut, right? So, so that's clean gut. Then clean eats is just a recipe book that gives you recipes to support eating during this program. And my latest book is Clean 7, in which I added principles from functional medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, and intermittent fasting in order to accelerate and intensify you know, healing and repair. Wonderful. Well, make sure that I'm, I'm, a, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, you know, Alejandro Junger, you can find me easily. And then I also, you know, I have a company that, that, um, that I created to support these things because a lot of people can't go to the supermarket and prepare their meals and their liquid meals and their supplements. And there's so much confusion. There's so much available that, that, uh, that it paralyzes people, you know, yes. somebody wants to start something and they don't have time to read a book. And so I created this company called clean program and, and, uh, and we provide a kit, different kits for the different programs and, and different supplements to support. And I curate these things myself and I, it, not from an intellectual point of view, but from a results point of view, because I've tried everything. I chose the best of what I found. And, um, and it becomes very user-friendly, very easy to do a detox program, at least your first one or your second one. Or sometimes, you know, I have people that do them every year and they, they get great results, a great way to reset, a great way to, to move forward in your, in your healing journey. Wonderful. Well, we'll make sure that all of that is available in the show notes. It has been such a delight to talk to you today. I really... Same thing. Same thing. I, I, you know, many times I get interviewed by people that don't know that don't know anything about the, the subject, right? But talking to somebody that, that knows deeply about the subject, I mean, you're talking about conjugation, you know, and, 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 and so you really understand what I'm saying, right? So yes. it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to, to have this type of interview too. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. I receive that with love. Um, and we'll make sure that all of this is in the show notes. And thank you so much for your wisdom, for your time, for your presence today. And uh, looking forward to the next time we get to chat. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I must give you the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer here. This podcast better with Dr. Stephanie is for general information only and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic or any other primary healthcare providers advice, treatment or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship that has been formed and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. In other words, guys, be smart about this. Take it with a grain of salt. Take this information to your primary healthcare provider and have a discussion with him or her to make the best choice that is for you. Remember, I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. And these conversations are meant for educational purposes only. 